You're listening to the Connecticut Real Estate Edge Podcast, your source for tips and tricks on building wealth through real estate in Connecticut. You will get the best techniques from leading local experts in real estate and lending. Now, here's your host, Robert Weinberg. All right. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Robert Weinberg, Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast. And I wanted to thank everyone for joining us here today. I have a very, very special guest I'm super excited about. Uh, You know, on the podcast here, we talk about financial planning. We talk about real estate. We talk about mortgages. We've also dived into some outside of the box concepts and different ways that you can build your wealth. Maybe you haven't even heard of before and different ways you can buy and finance real estate that are very unique and seldom used. So our guest today that I personally selected to bring on is a gentleman by the name of Doug Peacock. And uh, Doug, thank you so much for joining us today. Robert, I so appreciate the opportunity to share with uh, some, some ideas. Absolutely. So the reason why Doug, I thought, was a perfect guest to bring on today was because He's been in the insurance planning and financial planning world for about six years, but his previous experience is very unique. He actually came from the coaching world. He's a former a former football coach, and he really has that heart of a teacher that you need when you're looking for advice and someone to really guide you through financial programs and products. The other thing is that Doug is a published author like myself, and he has a book by the name of Be a Bank. And that book was published just a couple of years ago, and it talks about a lot of the concepts that we're going to be diving into here today. And uh, I'll be interviewing here uh, today, Doug, to talk about his approach to financial planning, his approach to specific types of insurance products, and how we can use them in building our wealth. So without further ado, everyone, we're going to just kick it off here with Mr. Doug Peacock. So the first question I wanted to ask you, Doug, was, if you can talk a little bit about what you do, how you're different from a regular financial planner or an insurance advisor, and how specifically what you do can benefit our audience, which is home buyers, homeowners, and real estate investors. Right. Well, I I don't want to leave anybody the misconception that I am a a financial planner because I am not. I'm not a CFP. I'm not... I got none of those designations. In fact, I I'll just put HFB up there, which is a head football coach. All right, it's okay. just <laughs> absolutely. But, it's, but it was a a journey that Robert. I never intended to be here. I um, tried to retire from teaching and coaching, and it didn't go like it was supposed to go. And I I I met a man. I met a man named Nelson Nash, which I learned immensely from, and and wanted to to follow him. Um, and I didn't quite meet the criteria to do that. And no, and at my age, I wasn't going to go back and do that. So um, the the great plan was that I learned the concepts, and then I just plugged them in to what I did. Well, then I learned that um, what I truly do is create um, a, a, a warehouse for people to store money. Now, whether you are into real estate, or whether you're trying to get into real estate, or whether you're trying to buy your first house, you know that that capital capital counts. Oh yeah. <laughs> right? And now where can I store that? And that's literally what I do. I want to I want to create a warehouse that experiences true cap uh compound interest, compounding growth, because most of the time we interrupt that and we don't get the compounding. And and yes, that that 
that really nice swoop up to the right and tall really looks good till I get hit with taxes or velocity of the market, you know, or volatility of the market, or I use the money because I have, have to get a, a, a washing machine, uh, you know, or something like that, or the fees that I have to pay out of that, whether I make money or not. Mm-hmm. And I, I got really disheartened with that and found out that there were a lot of people frustrated as I was with money. So I, I found this warehouse <laughs> and I thought this warehouse has never failed to be profitable since inception. I'm going to wait a minute. That doesn't, that doesn't exist anymore. I mean, that sounds too good to be true. And I found out somewhere around 1759. In fact, I think it was actually in Connecticut where, where this started. And, um, you know, it's it's weathered dozens of recessions, multiple market crashes, um, pandemics. Um, besides COVID, it went through the Spanish mm-hmm. flu, two world wars. Yet it's been profitable year after year, decade after decade, century after century, and nobody knows about it. And now all of a sudden, how much capital don't I want to put there? <laughs> you know, right? Exactly. Shucks. You put as much. Come as on. And so that's literally. That's literally what I, I, I teach people. And then okay. they got to get over their fear of a properly structured dividend paying whole life insurance policy. Exactly. It's to, and it's got to be with a mutual company. And it's very, very selective. And I'm, I will coach you. And if I'm, and I'm okay. If I'm not your guy, I'm okay with that. But there are fundamentals to this game that you have to have right or you will not win. Totally agree. So to give our listeners here some clarity, I personally, Robert Weinberg, I was turned on to this concept by a friend of mine who was a financial advisor, and Mm -hmm. he actually had the CFP designation, Mm -hmm. and he also did sell insurance products like Whole Life and whatnot. And when I was in my early 20s, you know, he was telling me, hey, Rob, this is something you really need to look at. Um, And I did. And I implemented the stuff that we're going to talk about here today. And I now have four different of these cash value policies. I've tapped multiple times for multiple reasons, uh, many of which are buying uh, real estate and financing real estate over the years. It's been for me the cornerstone of my financial plan personally, because it is so low risk. That's the big thing. It's so low risk. It's done so well over all these years, literally decades and decades and centuries of proven track record. No, you're not going to get 20% returns with this type of vehicle, but you're going to get slow and steady wins the race returns where you're guaranteed money. You know what that number is going to be at a bare minimum in the future. And that's really attractive. But the big thing that I learned in my research when I was figuring this stuff out for myself is that you could type in whole life insurance or cash value life insurance, and you can get a zillion opinions. And most of them will be negative. Most of them will tell you not to do what we're going to talk about. This is outside the box. But the big reason why people say, no, don't do this. The big reason why it has the stigma and the negative connotation is because it's not properly structured. You don't have the right advisor. You don't have the right coach. It's not set up right from the beginning. So if you just take the um, the vanilla version of, of a whole life insurance policy, which is what they're going to give you right out of the box, it's not going to work for what we're talking about. What That's we want to do here, and Doug can elaborate on, is we want to minimize the insurance and maximize the investment or the cash value portion. 
If you don't have an advisor that knows this, like the back of their hand knows how to structure this, the right companies, all that, you are going to screw this up. I'm telling you that now because my first policy, I didn't do it right. And I had to make up for that on my next ones. And over the years, I've learned now and I've had these for decades now. So I'm someone that's been through what we're going to talk about. And that's why I'm excited about it. I'm passionate (laughs) about it. Um, You guys can hear that passion in my voice. So what Doug is really going to be entailing with this financial program and product, it's really an insurance product, but really what we're talking about is where you can store money that you can then use to either put money down on real estate, or if you're like me and when you've had it for years, now I don't even need to get a mortgage on real estate. I can literally write a check from this warehouse and there's different ways to do that. And I right. can buy real estate outright. And basically, I'm my own bank. I'm my own mortgage company. That didn't happen overnight. That took decades of saving right. and you know, getting this set up at a young age when it makes sense. The sooner you do it, the better. Yep. But it allows you to somewhat you know, intertwine your savings component with a little bit of an investment component and an upside. Yep. At the same time, no downside. That's huge. So, Doug, if you can talk a little bit about and discuss the differences between saving and investing and where people really go wrong with that. Well, to me, that's two different objects. And I do want to tell you, this is insurance. It's not an investment. So if you're thinking if you're thinking this is rate of return and yield and stuff like no, this that's not what this is. Now, I want you to have that side. And I don't you know, yes, I love real estate. Okay, but it could be something else, whatever, you know, go do what you do. But saving to me is, is it, you know, it's safe, it's predictable, it's, it's dependable, it's going to be there on the day that I need it, it's accessible. So when I need to, to fix the, the, the washing machine, mm-hmm. or, you know, people talking about an emergency fund, mm-hmm. well, I, I, I call it an opportunity fund. You know, what if what if that property right over there becomes available? <laughs> yeah. You know, and oh, by the way, he wants to sell it immediately. Oh, okay, will you take this for it? Bang, 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 we're done and and, and, and it's easy. I, I hope that it's growing. I also want it leverageable. In other words, I can use that money as collateral for someplace else. We'll talk about that in a minute. But but investing, there's there's money at risk. You know, you, you got a chance to lose some of it or all of it. And and trust me, when I tried to get out of teaching, I understood that. A teacher's 401k is called a 403b. Mm-hmm. It's the exact same thing, just a different tax rule for different people. I watched my 403 become a 203 twice in the last 10 years that I was teaching. It lost literally 50% of its value twice. And I'm going, shucks, this is going to get real ugly. Well, now, you know, I'm not the only one that's experienced that. Several other people have too. So I think there's a huge difference between saving and investing. I'm not against investing. I don't, I want you to invest, but I want you to save first with dependable money. And the problem is America today has got all of their money stashed away in two places they can't get it. One, unfortunately, is their home. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, how, there are ways, and and that's a whole other discussion on how oh, to yeah. get equity out of your house. But don't understand it's there, and, and use 
okay? The other one is qualified retirement accounts, 401s, 403s, 457s, IRAs, whatever. That money <laughs> comes at a huge price if you're going to use it. Well, why, why, why do that? Plus, there's market volatility and all of it. I promise you, if you have one of those through your employer, the chances of you being in mutual funds are 99%. And you have no idea what the value is of that the day you need it the most. Plus, you have no idea what the tax rate's even going to be when the day mm -hmm. you take it. And if you don't fit their parameters for age, which is 59 and a half to 72, those 12 years, 12 and a half years, then you're going to pay an extra 10% penalty. At 72, if you don't take the amount they want you to take, you're going to pay a penalty of 50% of what you should have taken. It's called a required minimum distribution. That, no, that's not. I mean, if that's your world, have at it. I'm not your guy. <laughs> well, let, let me be clear, though, Doug, because, you know, we talk about a lot of different investment strategies, saving sure. strategies, real estate. So, you know, as I've just said, I'm somebody that endorses the concept, yeah. endorses the product. But at the same time, I do have a 401k. I do have yeah. an IRA. I still do all that. So I think what Doug's really saying here is don't put all your eggs in one basket because that's what most people do. Like he said, most people have half their money in the equity of their home and the other half is in a 401k, 403b, yes, IRA. Yes, well, those yes, are both not very liquid places that are in very accessible, easy to get to and can right. handle what a real estate investor or home buyer really needs in today's market. So Correct. I'm all about being well-rounded, having multiple yep. places with multiple dollars. Yep. Uh, if you need to choose, depending on where you're at in life, then there's definitely an argument to say a uh, properly structured dividend paying whole life insurance product is a better place to put your money than a high risk 401k. Then there's a lot of pros and cons to each, but I think it's not a matter of picking one or the other. It's being knowledgeable, being educated, right. knowing the difference between both the products and understanding where should your money be going? Where should you be focusing that money to be. So like Doug said a minute ago, one of the big examples is you have that neighbor that's looking to sell their home. Right. I have all the time people calling me, hey, my neighbor's looking to sell the home. Well, if you come to me as a mortgage lender, we have to go through the pre-approval process. We have to run your credit. We have to get your documents. We have to make sure you qualify. There's a lot of ins and outs. There's a lot of documents, paperwork, things like that. So it's a mortgage application process. On the other hand, if you had this in place, if you had this ready to go, this financial program, this insurance program, I should say, you can literally make a phone call or write a check within yep. a day or two and buy that property. Yep. You don't have to ask permission. You don't have to have your credit run. You don't have to tell them why you're buying, you know, why you need this money, or you don't even need to figure out how am I going to pay the money back. And again, that's right. a different topic too, but right. All those problems, all those stresses, all those issues that come with traditional financing, whether it be a regular conventional mortgage, a, a hard money loan or whatever, all those issues go out the window. Yes. And the real estate investors that I know that are multiple seven-figure earners that have this stuff in play, <laughs> they're the most successful that I know because they have the liquidity. So sure. it's not about rate of return. Like he said, it's not about you know, swinging for the fences and getting huge money back on your money. It's about having a warehouse to store that money where it's guaranteed, where it's accessible, where it is going to earn a little bit of return. So right. you are going to get, you know, it's not going down, 
But at the same point, it's got a lot of these other benefits. Depending on what state people are in, there's asset protection benefits that are huge uh, on these type of policies. So that's that. So moving on, let me ask you this. What, Doug, can you say to those who want to know about learning from banks? You know, we see how (laughs) banks make money. What can we learn from banks who make money and how can we apply how the banks are making money to our personal situation in the context of using one of these whole life insurance policies. Absolutely. Um, I, I will, first of all, we all might not agree that banks are profitable. Yes, very. Okay. They, ironically, in the lowest interest rate environment of our planet that we just come out of, now, now we're introduced to something called inflation, oh, yeah. which people didn't even know about till you know, two years ago. But the point is, there are banks who set records for profits over that last low interest rate. Excuse me. It's 0% interest rates and 2% mortgage. I'm, and, and I'm going, that doesn't make sense. How did they make profits, record profits on 0 and 2%? Well, guys, it's not the rate. It's the volume of interest. And, it, you know, so my, my quick and easy lesson is, do banks do what they tell us to do? And the truth is they don't. I'm going to go ask your bank how many CDs they own. None. All right. So in 2019, there were four separate banks that bought $54 billion worth of cash value life insurance. Got it. Now, why would they do that? Hmm. Perhaps they know something we don't. How about guaranteed growth? How about fewer taxes? How about, you know, it in, in, increases their financials to qualify for other things. And, you know, they got somebody that walks in and wants to buy, you know, borrow 10 million for an estate or something like that. They do their own loan. They don't have to involve anybody else right out of their cash. They take a policy loan right from that yeah. amount of money. And they do the same thing you were just talking about. But now instead of as an individual, they do it as a corporation. Okay, so the same thing, it's called BOLI, B-O-L-I. Bank-owned life insurance. If you want bank-owned life insurance, if you look that up, corporations do the same thing, by the way. So why are banks doing that but telling us to give, you know, to put our money in there and leave it in there, you know, at, you know, 0.001% for, you know, Mm -hmm. the next 10 years, and oh, then maybe we'll give you 2%. You know, come on. No, let's do what banks do. Okay, now. So my point is, be a bank from a sense of their processes. You're not, I, I don't want you to be a brick and mortar bank. I don't want you to get a bank charter. I don't want you to have to grow $10 right. million dollars to get all that. I want you to just to focus on the movement of money at a cost that it's costing you or you can earn that. I mean, so so a bank pays you, let's do 1% just because I'm a PE major and I can do the math, okay? and. And the next guy in, in line, you, they, they give you 1% on your savings account. The next guy in line gets charged 5% for an auto loan. Okay. What did the bank just do? They it didn't make money four. from you at 1% and gave it to him at 5%. And they're the ones making the spread. Of? Everybody thinks it's 4%. They just made 400% on their dollar. Time out. You can do that. <laughs> All right. And it and it doesn't matter. You don't like, you know, the, the dollar and, and five, you know, change the numbers. Numbers are numbers. 
but the concept is sound and the concept works. Absolutely. And for all of our listeners, we've talked about concepts of financial arbitrage. That's what we right. refer to this right. as, where you borrow, for example, from a mortgage loan at three, four, five percent. Then you take that money, you invest it in a company, an investment, some sort of opportunity where you're making several percentage points more than right. if you're being charged in interest on the right. loan. That spread is the arbitrage. That spread is your profit. And that spread is how you become the bank. So rather than taking money from a mortgage loan, you can do the same thing by using one of these insurance policies. The other thing that I want to mention is um, assets. So these policies, while they are insurance product, they are also considered financial assets because there is cash value. So when you go to actually apply for a mortgage while you're building this stuff up in the background, one of the line items on the mortgage application is what assets you have. And one of the drop downs there is cash value life insurance. So if you have this policy funded, let's say you have $15,000 in cash value, you can actually list that as an asset on your mortgage application or on your loan application for any loan. So it is recognized as a solid financial asset. And again, it's been around for centuries. This isn't something that's new. It's just new concepts to many people because there's not a profit motive for a lot of people to show you this. Uh, That's why many people don't know about it. So let me ask you this question, Doug, which is, can you talk maybe about leverage and why specifically the home equity and the 401ks we talked about are so difficult to be collateralized, like some of the pitfalls behind that and why insurance is a better place, an insurance product is, is better for leverage and collateralization. Yeah, it's, 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 it's real simple because one place you have no control, somebody else controls the money at your request. Yeah, yes, you're requesting, but you're jumping through their hoops, over their hurdles, over their obstacles, whatever they got. And the other place, you're in absolute and total control of the money. I mean, you don't have like you've already mentioned, to get that money out of my policy, guys, once you get it set up and once it works, it's literally 1-800 or click a button on a computer. Now, the first time around, it's slower. They got to get everything and make sure all the bases are covered and make sure it's safe. But the bottom line is once you do this multiple times, it's a click on a computer anymore. It's bang, bang, bang. And, it, and and it's not an application process. There's no PL statements. There's no, there's none of that. It's 1 800. They're going to ask you two questions. How much money do you want? Where do you want us to send it to? <laughs> so I'll tell you my approach to that and why I think it's so great is that number one is when you need the money, there's a saying that we've always kind of had in the lending industry, which is when you need the money, no one wants to give it to you. Right. When you don't need the money, everyone's banging your door down to give you a loan. So let's talk real world here. So if you lose your job and you have all this equity in your home, you're going to think, hey, let me go get that equity out. First thing you're going to do is go to apply with a banker lender like myself. And the first thing we're going to ask is, hey, what's your income? And if you say you lost your job, not all the time, but nine out of 10 times, you're not getting that loan. Okay. If you are, it's going to be very expensive, high interest, fees, points, things of that nature. Right. Most of the time you can't get money at all. So that's one of those scenarios. When you need the money, you can't get it. Uh, The next thing is 401ks. Why I like this better than 401ks and stuff for borrowing is because every 401k policy I've seen or every 401k account I've seen, and maybe there's a nationwide rule, you're capped at borrowing 50,000. Well, I don't know where everyone lives, but 
50,000 ain't going to get you much in the way of buying a property. Maybe it'll help you with a down payment. That's about it right, right now. Years right. ago, different story. Right. What if you need 100,000, 200, 300,000? 401k is not going to work. You can't collateralize that in that amount. You have to withdraw the money. You don't want to do that. There's penalties, there's fees, taxes. You want to stay away from that. So if you're thinking big, which is what we do here, you're thinking six figures. The 401k is not going to be good for what we're talking about. I'm not saying it's not going to be good to draw in retirement. And again, that's a different conversation for a different day. I'm simply talking about for the use of real estate investing, home buying, building wealth, 401k is not going to be on the top of the radar. This, you know, these properly structured policies are. So that's why I like this better. Uh, The next thing that I wanted to mention is whole life insurance versus universal life or index universal life. Uh Just talk about the differences for a minute of why, as we wrap up here, why whole life is better than the other alternative. And and I will tell you, from the point, I am very biased on this. Okay. So I, I want guarantees. I, I lived in the world where I didn't have the money that I thought was going to be there when I retired. So from this point forward, I want to know what that's worth. I want to know, I want to be able to look out and say, okay, it's going to be worth this in five years. It's going to be worth this in 50 years or whatever. Um, so IULs are index universal life is another type of insurance policy. They are cash value. That they, I, my problem with them is that they will illustrate very, very well. They'll be really, really pretty and show you that there's lots of money in there. And they'll tell you, look, you're, you're guaranteed to never lose money because the floor, you know, the, if it goes negative, you stay at zero. That part is true. Okay. But what the problem is, is all of those are based on annual renewable term, which is automatic renewal. But what happens to term insurance as you get older? It's more expensive. It's more expensive. Well, where does that cost come from? You're either going to pay it out of your pocket, which means that that increases your premium, or it's going to be paid from the cash value of the policy. Okay. So when I tell people I want guarantees, only whole life does that. Okay, that's Mike the only reason. I will Enough never, said. ever, I I have never, nor will I ever write an IUL policy. And that's just personal. If you want an IUL policy, have at it. Go go get one. Have at it. Be careful. Right. Redefine print. There's a reason there's 19 pages of disclosures with them. Mm-hmm. Well, what <laughs> I'll say to that is, again, you know, we're talking about lots of different financial and insurance mm-hmm. products here, and mm-hmm. you got to look at it in the context of your personal situation. I do have an IUL, but I also have four whole life policies. So for me, it's a a portfolio of insurance that I'm using for different reasons, for different things. It gives me some diversification. It's much like having a stock portfolio. You're not going to put all your money in one company. You're going to spread it out through several. So um, let me bring up something else while we're here, Robert, that's going to mean something to your your clientele, Mm -hmm. to to the guys that are listening. So all of a sudden you say, oh, crap, I got the wrong policy. I don't have what you're talking about. I don't. Well, there is a 1035 exchange in insurance, just like there's a 1031 exchange mm-hmm. in real estate, right? And it's a no tax. Con- I mean, that can be rolled. Okay. That can be moved without tax consequences, okay? But you just, I mean, it's still an insurance product. Don't get that. 
So if you're somebody listening and you bought a policy years ago and you didn't have the right coach or advisor to help you, there are ways to fix it. Absolutely. I definitely recommend getting with Absolutely. Doug and give his contact info here in just a few. Absolutely. Um, the heartbreak that I see from people who did it wrong, like just like you talked about, you had to change your first one but caught it early enough. Yeah. Guys, that generally happens 30, 40 years down the road, and they realize it didn't do what the guy told them it would do. The sooner you can figure this stuff out and get this path placed for you, the better situation you're going to be in because of the compound effect. And Time definitely helps with building this stuff. And it took me seven or eight years to finally see profitability in these policies. This is not a short term. This is long term. But once I tell people it's not a microwave. Once you hit that break even though and you start getting into the black on these, it gets very, very fun. It gets very sexy to see the numbers and the compounding just starts rolling and one of the best decisions, if not the best I made from an investment, from a financial standpoint, and absolutely from an insurance standpoint. Um, you know, we're winding down here on our episode here, and I'm sure everyone's heads are spinning with lots of good ideas and info. But as we wrap up, one thing I want to talk about is the the ways that you can borrow from these policies, because one of the most attractive things is going to be that you can use these as not only the warehouse to store cash, but also the bank to borrow cash because it's your <laughs> bank, your money. So it's like a Swiss army knife of finance. Absolutely. You use it for all these different reasons. And I've heard of properly structured dividend paying whole life being called the Swiss army knife it of has. financial products because there's so many different uses for it. One of the coolest things that I found out only about six years into uh, having these in place was that there's actually major U.S. banks that will allow you to put credit lines collateralized by these policies. They'll allow you to borrow up to 90% of the value of the policy. So if you have one of these cash value policies with a mutual insurance company and you have 100,000 in it cash value, you can get a line of credit up to 90,000. These lines of credit have little to no fees. There's no appraisal or anything needed. Couple pieces of paperwork, no credit check, boom, boom. They set it up and then you can literally write a check out of there just like it was a bank account, but it's actually a line of credit collateralized by these insurance policies. So this information I had to dig and dig for, but everyone says, "What? where do I get this? What are the banks? I'll tell you right now, there's two banks I know of. I'm sure there's others, but there's two that I know of, which is Investors Bank based out of New Jersey. Investors Bank has a life insurance line of credit. The other one is U.S. Bank. Uh, U.S. bank, major U.S. Uh, major bank in the country here. They also have a line of credit against insurance, but they will only do this with whole life insurance. They won't do it against IUL or other types. And also it has to be a mutual insurance company. We don't really have time to talk about that, but mutual insurance companies are where you want to make sure that you have these type of policies. Yes, That's going to guarantee you the track record. It's going to guarantee you that credibility of centuries of dividends being paid. And it's going to make sure that you have the right product, again, structured by the right person. So as we wrap up here, I want to uh, really thank you, Doug, for your bit of time here today. Your knowledge is invaluable. You obviously know the game. You've been doing it. You've been helping people. All I do. Help uh, some of our listeners here as well. So I want to give everyone Doug's information. If what we're talking about here resonates with, if you just want a free consultation, Doug does not charge. 
to nope. get those numbers put together, have a conversation. Nope. There's nothing wrong with doing that to see if this is a fit for you. And uh, Doug's contact, the best way to get in touch with him is just to check out his website. It's peacockwealthgroup.com, P-E-A-C-O-C-K, wealthgroup.com, peacockwealthgroup.com. And if you head over there, you can get Doug's information, his contacts, email, phone numbers, lots more info than what we have time to talk about here today. But um, hopefully you, you now can see the light and we've shed some light on something maybe you were not thinking about. Maybe it was something you haven't heard about, or maybe you've heard from Dave Ramsey, Susie Orr, and the people that keep saying this stuff doesn't work and this is a bad idea. Well, I'm here to tell you unbiased, this has been the cornerstone of my financial plan. And this is something that I preach to everyone as this is beyond just owning one home. This is beyond just having a portfolio of a few properties. This is about building a legacy for you and your family. This is about becoming a multi-multi-millionaire seven, eight figure net worth individual. Yes, Look at those people. Where do they have their money? 90% of them have something like this in their financial plan. And they didn't find out about it by just surfing the web. They found out about it by getting with the right advisors, yes, getting sir. the right advice, doing their research once they understood that, and then actually implementing the plan. So if yes, I sir. can motivate just one person here today and Doug can help motivate you guys to get out there and actually implement this stuff, that's where the rubber meets the road. We can sit here and talk for hours about it. It's all about implementation. So go to the website, peacockwealthgroup.com, reach out to Doug, get a consultation, see if it makes sense for you. And as always, if I can be of assistance with anything around these programs, products, these opportunities, and where it comes to real estate, where it comes to mortgage lending, where it comes to all that, Everyone can reach out to me, robgw.com, all my contact info, as always. It was a pleasure meeting with you, Doug. To all our listeners, thank you so much for spending the time, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, Robert. All right, everyone. Take care. Thanks for listening. If you have questions about the information we've covered or would like to discuss mortgage financing for your situation, you can reach Robert Weinberg by visiting www.robgw.com.